Hello, and welcome to the FinTech Power 50 podcast, focused on discussing the most interesting topics in FinTech. The FinTech Power 50 is an annual guide to the most influential, innovative, and powerful figures in the FinTech industry, shining a spotlight on those who are transforming financial services for the better. Hello, everyone. We have a very special version today, all about women in fintech. So around 30% of the fintech workforce is made up of women, and that figure drops to just 17% of fintech leaders. And though the industry has moved on a long way, there is still so far to go. We're going to champion our panellists, four amazing women who have broken barriers, overcome hurdles, and sometimes even crash-landed to get to their positions. We're going to take a look at their career journeys and their thoughts on diversity in the industry, and get their thoughts on how exactly fintech needs to change um, and i'm going to waste absolutely no time uh, inviting my panelists uh, onto the screen as it were so we have the absolutely wonderful amy cardim head of commercial at citizen oreme aka chief customer experience officer at interswitch elizabeth donaghy vp of operations at sawa and alex ford president north america at encompass so let's get right into it and i'd love if you guys could give me all a very brief introduction as to yourself um, and to your companies, just to start us off. Alex, why don't you kick us off? Great. Thanks for having me. Delighted to join the conversation today. I'm Alex Ford. I'm the president for North America at Encompass Corporation, which is a reg tech or regulatory technology company. We provide know your customer automation for um, corporate institutional commercial divisions of global banks um, and I'm also a champion of, of RegTech in general. Um, I'm the co-founder of a Women in RegTech New York group and on the board of the RegTech Association. So thank you for the opportunity to talk about some of these things today. Amazing stuff. Thank you so much. Elizabeth, why don't you go next? Sure. Thank you very much for having me today. Um, my name is Elizabeth Donaghy. I am the Vice President of Operations at Sawa. Sawa is a financial platform and app that lets people uh, easily trade stocks and ETFs, buy and sell crypto, save and invest their money passively all in one place. We are based in the United Arab Emirates and we've been around for about six years now. I also am an angel investor in women, part of the Women Angel Investor Network and so have been championing women women in tech and investing in women for, for quite a few years now as well. Fantastic stuff. Thank you so much. Oreme, how about you? Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me. I am Oreme Aka. I am currently the Chief Customer Success Officer at Interswitch. Interswitch is an African-focused integrated technology company with a bias for payments. We operate mainly out of Lagos, but we also have operations in Kenya, Uganda, Gambia, and um, in some other parts of Africa. Um, Interswitch has been around for 20 years, and um, I'm excited to be here. Fantastic stuff. Thank you so much. And then last but not least, Amy. Hi, thank you. Um, it's really nice to be surrounded by um, amazing women. So thank you for having me. Um, so Amy, I'm head of commercial for Citizen, um, soon to be branded as Yasper. Uh, we're a payments platform uh, predominantly using open banking. Um, we do a couple of cool things with account verification, um, sort of identity and money and kind of tying that together, uh, making it really seamless and slick for, for people to make payments essentially. Um, 
We're predominantly UK and uh, Europe-based. Um, we are looking at expansion into uh, US and other parts of the world uh, probably next year, which is very exciting. Um, I'm involved in the Women in Gaming Network and the Women in Open Banking Network, which was recently set up as well, um, where we've been nominated for a couple of awards, which is really exciting too. So yeah, happy to be here. Amazing stuff. Happy to have you. Happy to have all four of you here. I'm so excited to really get in uh, to this topic. It's such a such an important thing, I think, to talk about and really to highlight, um, especially with the, the industry as it is now. So I'd love to start off by hearing uh, almost a snapshot of all of your career journeys. I'm sure there's probably more to say about all your fantastic careers than, than you could possibly get out in less than a minute, but I, I want you to give it a go. Uh, just a very brief overview of, of your career up to this point. Um, Elizabeth, why don't you go first? Sure. When I um when I read this question, I was reminded of when I was at home uh, recently and was asked to speak at my high school on how, and this may show my age, on how that you can have many careers over a lifetime. Um, and at the time, it was incredibly progressive thinking. Um, and so I have had multiple careers. Uh, I um, have started off with office administration and things like that, moved into investment relations and ESG, uh, moved into fundraising. I now look after internal operations, so that covers a variety of things, including compliance, finance, governance, regulatory relations, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, it, it has been amazing, and I am fully supportive of people having multiple different skill sets to be able to, to do that. So, yeah. In a minute. <laughs> Amazing, thank you. Areme, how about you? What's what's your career story? Okay, hi. Um, I have a background in engineering, so I started off, um, funny, I've, I started off in, with InterSwitch from day one. So I've been with InterSwitch for the 20 years it's been. So um, I, as a fresh engineer, I was in, into implementation, and um, along, along the lines, as we started operating, I was responsible for our operations at the time, and then responsible for our processing business, which has to do with all the transactions we take from the major card brands, MasterCard, Visa. I did that for a bit. I've done a bit of business development um, as regards taking our domestic card brand, which was I mean, basically a Nigerian card across Africa and um, into over 20 other countries in Africa. I did that for a bit. I came back to oversee operations and support. And right now, I'm responsible for customer success. So again, it has been different careers in the same company. Exciting to seeing the um, fintech space unfold and the opportunities come up from time to time. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And that's fantastic to spend so long at, at one company. How how exciting to have a career that spans uh, over a company's journey as well as your own. That's amazing. Um, Amy, how about yourself? Mine's been really varied. I think same as Elizabeth. I thought at, about this question and I just thought, God, how can I um, get this all in, in kind of one short snippet. Um, I always really think back to um, early days of being in retail actually and I think it's because it actually taught me so much and it's so different um, of an environment from what I do now but actually it's where I learned about reconciliation. Um, I learned about the pain points of kind of you know end of day cashing up when you're in a shop and how, how much that means to you. Um, you know 
So now I kind of carry that forward into what I do to think, right, well, if I'm someone in a shop, that's, that's the bit that matters at the end of the day in that money management, not what we think is really snazzy. And, you know, it's got to have a really good function there. So um, I think early days retail, um, I um, pivoted then into sort of public sector, um, a bit of law, um, and then sort of found myself in payments. Uh, so, so I feel like I found fintech because I felt like I was never satisfied with doing just one thing, and I was always looking at various different things. So um, I think, and I'm sure we'll go on to discuss kind of how we've all probably experienced that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of leading up to now. And, and I started Citizen when there was uh, just six of us. Um, I was the first woman hired there, and now we're a really nice 50-50 uh, split. So it's nice to see that journey. Um, I've only been there three years, so not as long as you, Remy, but <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get to the 20. <laughs> oh, amazing. And how fantastic to have the symmetry between your work in retail on that side of things, and then now your work in payments on, on the other side of things. How wonderful. Um, and Alex, how about yourself? Thank you. Yeah, um, I think if I was putting a sort of a theme to the career journey, I guess it's around um, entrepreneurialism and maybe innovation and growth. That's sort of what attracts me and energizes me. So um, it started in a, a tech company. Um, I worked for a leadership and coaching organization early in my career, which was a real asset because I got to understand and learn more about um, high performance and what you know helps people perform at their peak and create the right environment and then on to encompass where I am now and um, to some degree you know the growth of the company and my own journey are parallel expanding to the UK where I lived in Glasgow for five years and then on to North America when we expanded there where I'm in New York now so um, that's been the trajectory I suppose over that that period. Amazing stuff. Fantastic. Well, sticking with careers then, obviously thinking about when you sort of first started in the fintech industry and to now, do you think it is easier for a woman to get a job in the fintech world than it was a few years ago? Or is there still a bit of a sticky point? Or I suppose, do you even think it was difficult to get a job in the fintech world in the first place? It's interesting, Amy, how you said you were the first woman at your company. So I'd love to start with you on, on that perspective yeah so um i'd like to hope that it's easier now uh, my hope is always uh, as we grow as a society that things will get easier for you know generations generations and i'm sure we all feel that um so being optimistic i'd like to think that um you know whether we call them gen z gen x um would maybe find it easier to access um the world of fintech particularly the tech side and the innovation side of things um, and I know there's really good initiatives now um, I think there's Girls Who Code uh, which is you know sort of encouraging um, female developers and engineers and um, I don't sit on that side but I know I'm really conscious of that when hiring um, and I think yeah when I started was it difficult I, I think the difficulty is not necessarily always getting in, but it's almost being around something that is maybe unfamiliar. So if you are not around very many women, that can sometimes feel a little bit isolating or, you know, um, if there's sort of an assumption that maybe, 
you know, I think the typical example is always, oh, you know, there might be a group of men specifically that are in the leadership team that maybe go to play golf and it's assumed that maybe that's not a female sport and therefore you're not included and therefore you're missing out on opportunities. So I hope it's easier um, and I hope that seeing other females in companies, um, whether it's because they've been there from the beginning and they know their stuff or because they've come in with some really good expertise at a really good level. Um, I know certainly after I, shortly after I'd started, um, our chief marketing officer, Kate, started and I just thought, wow, she's so organised and she's such a breath of fresh air and, you know, this, this woman's had an amazing career and that's definitely something that I want to emulate and I think it, you know, as that grows, it would be nice, obviously, for all of us to feel that, you know, younger generations feel that about us and can see, see a role model example, I think, will make it easier for sure. I hope that yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, it does absolutely, and I think I completely agree on the on the role model side of things. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit more later on, but it's so important having those people that you can look up to and relate to as well. Um, but Alex, what about you? Do you think it's easier? Do you think it was ever difficult? What What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think um, you know if we're talking about fintech specifically and getting the job in the first place. Uh, perhaps, you know, maybe there's greater awareness of having a more diverse candidate pool when the recruitment's happening, I would like to think. So I hope so. Um, I think to the point Amy made, you know, staying in and moving through those initial years to get promotions and go to senior roles, hopefully. I mean, I think um, something that is a bit different now is the flexibility that is more commonplace that um, with remote working so that hopefully is enabling um, and the other side of that is maybe you don't get the same um, incidental conversations or you know overhearing or even physically seeing the role model that you once did because if we're more remote that's a bit of a different way so you know if I think 10 years ago versus now or there's some of the different dynamics at play I think. Yeah, absolutely. And Elizabeth, what about you? What do you think? Um, for, for me specifically, when I look at my career in fintech, which has only been a few years now, um, I, I look at it in terms of it is a relatively new industry. Um, and so it has come along in such a come along way in such a short period of time and it is maturing as it goes. So I think you're going to fo see things following other industries as well in terms of developing a parallel with existing traditions um, in terms of, you know, whether or not it's easy to, or easy is a, a tough word to use when you're looking at easy to get into the industry. I think if you if you put your hand up and you see a gap and you you put yourself out there to fill it and you're willing to take those risks and those steps, um, I find the fintech industry is more more focused on startups these days. And so like that is certainly a space where you can step up and do that. Um, I think in general, the fintech system, it, it's, um, it's going up against deeply rooted systems and that's not easy in general. So I think you, you do have to be quite bold. Like I, I would say that you've got to be bold and you've got to be willing to, to be that person. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And Aremi, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this with your 20 year career. Uh, what, what do you think? So when we say, do we think it's easier? So the first thing is definitely it's easier because now the industry exists. So it didn't, 
you know, fintech is when you talk of, I mean, when we started off, then we're not, nobody was talking fintech, right? Just saying, okay, technology, payments, um, making payments easier, but the industry has matured. And I think Elizabeth touched on that a bit. So there is the factor of industry maturity. So the fact that the industry has matured and there is a major spotlight on the industry, especially again in Africa. The fintech industry in Africa has stood out as the fastest growing, has stood out as the one to attract the most amount of foreign investments when you look at other industries in Africa and even compare with other um, corridors around the world. So that spotlight has definitely brought forward the fintech industry and put it on the center stage. So I'll say, of course, it's easier to get in because now more people know about it, more people are aware. There's a lot of expansion going on. A lot of opportunities are cropping up and they are cropping up on a daily basis. So um, plus the fact that Africa has a major, major industry and infrastructure deficit that the fintech industry is speaking very specifically to. So hence, a lot of openings, a lot of opportunities so definitely easier to get in because the opportunities are just there so that's what i'll say yeah absolutely and that's such a, an interesting viewpoint absolutely um and i guess sort of moving probably moving to a question i should have asked at the start really but why is diversity important why does it matter that we have these women in the fintech companies what Obviously, we all know that it does matter, but I'd love to hear your thoughts as exactly as to why. So, Areme, why don't you uh, kick us off with that one again? All right. So when you talk of diversity, so at the very, you know, looking at it from the top line, from basic research, like research from McKinsey, you know, it just shows that companies that have better gender diversity are 15 times, 15% more likely to outperform their peers. Now, this is a scientific experiment that has been carried out. And so, I mean, that on that level, it just shows diversity allows for more innovation. Why? Because you have more diverse views. You have, therefore, you have richer conversations. You have richer collaboration. So definitely better results, scientifically proven. Number two, another point is when you talk of the competitive advantage, diversity in the workplace allows you to understand more diverse markets provide suitable solutions for a wider array of customers because the people speaking to those solutions are diverse. So they are able to, so, I mean, I, my blind side can be covered up by Elizabeth. Elizabeth understands very deeply. And that's what diversity brings to the table. So when we talk about diversity, it's not just gender diversity, it's the diversity of backgrounds, diversity of mindsets, diversity of experience, but definitely gender diversity is very critical. Absolutely. I think you've summed that up really well. We're all nodding along there. Uh, but Amy, do you have anything to add? How am I supposed to follow that? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, I think for me, you're not going to be a successful business if you don't have diversity, basically. Um, I think you're limiting yourself because... I want to know, um, as a woman, what other women think. I want to know um, what people from different cultures think. I want to know, um, you know, especially when I'm thinking about sort of currently payments in a particular country, you know, um, how do people view pay card payments? Is it actually something where they rather pay cash? And is that because of the economic situation? Is that because of this? I think everything has to be understanding 
Um, and I think you don't get that without diversity. And I think even on a very um, sort of everyday level, I mean, we've all seen adverts um, where you can definitely tell that there either wasn't a woman in the room or there wasn't someone from a particular cultural background or ethnicity in that room. And you're like, oh, my God, how did this get signed off? Um, and I think that just plays into how important diversity is in anything um really so yeah i think I, for me that's that's like a core it should be a core belief across the board like you should be sitting around and thinking do we have the right people in this room to have this discussion if we don't who do we need to reach out to to find that information out because realistically you are going to have um some businesses where they're sat there and maybe it is only one type of person but then it's up to them to have the responsibility even if it's from a business level, um, but really it should just be from a common sense level. Um, actually, we should probably ask the people that this is going to either affect or we should ask the people that, um, you know, are sort of um, going to give us maybe a different opinion. So, yeah. Yeah, amazing stuff. And I think it is surprising how little common sense comes into factor sometimes. And I think we can, we can all agree on that on some level. Uh, but Alex, how about you? Anything to add? I think the points have been covered really well. The one I'd add is around talent. You know, it's very competitive. So in terms of performance, if you want to attract the best talent, uh, you want that to be appealing to the diverse pool or the full pool of potential candidates. And increasingly, when talent look at an organisation, they want to see that uh, diversity is something that's valued and that, that's on display. So it's another, another reason. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree with that. And Elizabeth, it's unfair that you've had to go last, but any final thoughts to add on this one? No, as as everybody, I, I agree fully. I think um, the only additional point I'd want to add is that um, it's important to distinguish between diversity and representation. So Alex just mentioned that it's about talent as well. So it's not only about having, you know, three females and, and this many of this nationality and this many with this skill set and these qualifications. It's literally about that talent. Can they actually deliver on that service? Does your diversity match with the clients that, that you're actually serving? You know, so that, so that there isn't that lost in translation. So, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think then it's interesting then to think about why there is such a lack of women in fintech, right? If we've all said why it's so important and why having this diversity is so important and yet still we're seeing a pretty big divide between the the gender gap in fintech so i'd love to know why you think that is like why do we still have this gap um alex i'm going to ask you that one first yeah i think um there's a few levels to look at where the gap exists and you know fundamentally female equality in the world, you know, the UN quotes, we're 140 years away from women having uh, equal power and leadership in the workplace or, you know, just day to day things in life and the economy and society. So fundamentally, uh, equality is a, is a challenge to start with. And then if you break it down into, you know, financial part of fintech, the tech part of fintech, and then the leadership side, each of those three things themselves also suffer from a lack of um, equality and, and representation of women. So, you know, if you're looking at fintech leadership in the world, <laughs> it's a compounding effect and a set of systems where all of those things 
um, it's not surprising that the result is when you're looking for fintech leaders who are female, you're, you're looking at a subset of a subset of a subset and a, a lot of systemic and ingrained um, disadvantage to overcome to see that change. So I think, you know, those are some of the reasons why when we look at the stats, you know, in finance, for example, while it might be 40 percent um, up the board, across the board, uh, and when you get to leadership roles, it's 15 percent. And looking at technology, you know, it's even lower to start with across the board and lower in leadership. So I think um, at a systems level, you know, we see why the numbers are low. Yeah, absolutely. Elizabeth, what do you think on that one? Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with with what Alex has said there, and I don't have a lot more to add to, to it. Um, you know, the fintech industry, whilst it is different to to other industries, it's also similar. Like these, this is not specific just to fintech. It's specific to a lot of industries. Um, and, you know, but looking forward, there's no reason why it can't change. There's no reason why the systems and the global environment and regulatory environments can't adopt something that actually helps promote it. Um, I think there's still a lot of pioneering opportunities out there that women can fill. And it's, you know, not even women, anybody can fill, young people, older people, like just in general. Um, absolutely. So, yeah. Fantastic stuff. And Areme, how about you? What do you think? Um, okay, when it comes to what, why do I think there's a gap? Again, I'd like to speak more to the context of Africa. So, um, it's a bit. So, first of all, there is a major education gap from the education pipeline. So, a lot of girls, by when you think of the culture, a lot of inherited culture looks at. Um, so the pipeline that would typically feed into fintech would be the STEM culture, um, um, the STEM line. So when you talk of science, technology, and there is quite a deficit there in the regu in the in the in the default and basic education system. So that is major. There are also cultural issues where you have communities till today where some girls are not particularly educated. It's not encouraged for girls to be educated a lot or to be educated very for, um, 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 very um, to go for higher education because of cultural and social beliefs and customs. So that is also a milestone and all that shrinks the pipeline that feeds into STEM and possibly into fintech. Although I'll say here, you don't need to be, have a STEM background to go into fintech, and I always say that, but I'm just talking of the traditional, you know, feeding. Now, there's also the issue of um, the mystification of technology. A lot of people do not really understand, and so they stay with traditional careers and, and um, career paths that are understood. So, but now a lot of that is changing. With, when someone mentions Gen, Gen Z, um, the, the Gen Alphas coming up are very inquisitive. They don't consider themselves as, they don't even think of where they are coming from or they are not thinking, oh, they are not limited by their physical location because the internet has led to the, 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 um, the diffusion of cultures, the, um, the proliferation of information. So that's rich and it's available. So that what that's doing is basically feeding the inquisitiveness. It's feeding the, the pipeline that, that, that can produce leaders and, 
um, active participation in the fintech space. So I've spoken about the reason, but I've, I'm also saying a lot of those reasons are changing. And hence we are seeing an, a growing increase and uptake of women, people in general, but women in technology and fintech space. Yeah, is it, but I just, I'd love to comment here from a Middle Eastern perspective as well, if that's possible, um, in terms of we've seen a lot of women um, similar with, with the cultural background, not going out to work, but they stay in the education system for a lot longer. They go off um, overseas and get degrees and get masters and get doctorates, and then they come back. And so from a leadership point of view, that's amazing. If you want women on boards, I tell you what, go for a local woman. They're, they're incredible. They, they're, they're so much further ahead in, in their thinking processes and things like that. Um, I, I read a report probably at the end of last year that um, over in Saudi, the, the number of women entrepreneurs there was the highest. Like, I mean, of all of the women signing up, setting up new businesses, especially in the tech space, regardless whether it's fintech, any tech space, it was the women that were doing this. Um, they're super qualified these days. Uh, I, and that's what we're seeing here in the Middle East, that it's the women that are out there being, you know, getting the educations, coming back and being the leaders. It's amazing to see. I'm, I'm going to jump in there just because as a Middle Eastern woman myself, that's really nice to hear because actually, um, I think, yeah, there's often my experience of being Middle Eastern is not going to be the same as, I mean, I grew up in London, um, so obviously, you know, a very metropolitan city, um, but there was obviously um, a couple of um, cultural clashes, I suppose, um, in terms of what a traditional role was, um, you know, uh, the kind of classic, um, you know, your grandma wanting you to be a doctor or, or that kind of thing. Um, and so, so I think um, just to, to everyone's point, really, yes, I think there's been some outdated ideas, um, possibly of what women can and can't do. Um, and I think a really good point came up in terms of um, what females are encouraged to do as well. Um, you know, if you're not encouraged to do these things, and it's sort of seen as, oh, you know, that's, are you sure you want to do that or maybe you should think about this or oh, I don't know is that for you um you know we get enough of that in in daily life of, of having kind of to question ourselves and and I think then to do that in your career um I completely agreed with something Elizabeth said at the beginning about you know being bold um and putting yourself out there um and um I completely agree with that um and it's probably safe to say that um you know us us even doing a webinar here some people consider really really bold um you know having a conversation here um and I always think oh what if I wasn't as bold and what if I was a bit more shy or a bit more um you know not as confident because I'm maybe I'm too early on in my career and maybe I miss out on fintech or something exciting because I'm being told about something or I'm not being encouraged to do something, I think is, is key as well. So yeah, I, I think everyone made some really, really interesting points there. Um, definitely some that I hadn't thought of before. Yeah, I love that. And I love this idea of being bold. And I love that you brought that up again, Amy, because I think this is definitely going to be one of the, the key takeaways of the webinar. I'm calling it now, be bold, because... Holly, I'd like to add also, and um, something that has made it that, I mean, something I would say led to the lack before was a lack of point of reference. So before women would say, oh, there are no women in this field. 
But today, that I mean, like um, like Amy said, we there are so many women you can look up to, and younger ladies can say, "Oh, she's doing that, so I can do that." So that point of reference is so important, and I know further down the line, as younger generations grow up. I'll say they are blessed to have a rich array of examples, irrespective of the area they look into. Yeah, absolutely. And that ties into my next question to you all, which is what needs to change in order to encourage more women to join? Or how can we encourage more women to join? Obviously, Irena, you've, you've touched on that there with having that point of reference. Uh, but Amy, what do you think? What do you think needs to happen in order to start this encouragement process? Um, so... Actually, before doing this, I asked um, some of the women that I work with what their thoughts were on some of the questions, because obviously I can speak from my own kind of um, background and my thoughts and my feelings and kind of what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. But I was actually really interested on what other women thought, um, you know, what were their experiences or what were, what were their take on it. Um, and actually, maybe this links back to, you know, having that diversity and, and actually just asking other people questions and, and, and finding that stuff out. Um, and a really good point was made um, about uh, mentoring. I think, um, you know, we often think about mentoring as in, you know, we're going to mentor someone and, you know, we're, we're, but actually, can we do that the other way around and do some up mentoring? So, you know, if you're... Um, in a senior position, um, you know, perhaps, um, so, you know, you're, you're a male, you've been in that position for a while, why don't you get mentored by someone that actually maybe is a bit earlier on in their career, they can teach you some things that maybe you weren't aware of, they can teach you um, about, um, you know, maybe some tech, technology issues they're experiencing, um, what, what their friends are saying, um, and I think it, it it was actually a really, um, I think, inspiring thought because you're right. Um, we often talk about experience and we talk about, you know, sharing that knowledge with everyone. But what about hearing from people that maybe aren't as experienced maybe in, in their career and in business, but it might be that they can teach some of us that are experienced and maybe have maybe almost become a bit immune or a bit numb to some of the issues that either if because you're younger or because you're a woman of a certain age or whatever way around it is I think I think that I would really love to see um, and I'd love to see um, you know if you've got um, a board of men in a business I'd love to see them inviting um, women not just for um, sort of um, I guess I want to say like it's like when people greenwash, but not with, with, but with diversity, I suppose. So not just for uh, lip service, but actually really genuinely sitting there and going, right, let's schedule some time in. And I want to hear about your experiences and I want to hear about what your, um, you know, good and bad, because, you know, we, we're touching on some things that are quite core, deep, um, rooted societal issues. Um, but there's also some really positive things. Um, and there's also some really joyous things that I think some people will be missing out on, um, and in particular, um, that are missing out on certain things because maybe it's not seen as such a male behaviour. Um, so I definitely would like to see that um, as a bit more change. Uh, I feel like I've gone a, in a bit of a circle of that, but I think up mentoring is essentially the, the one of the things that um, has, has been brought to my attention that I didn't, I wasn't really aware of before and I think is something that is actually really interesting. But I'd really be interested to hear what everyone else's views are as well because um, you're all teaching me so much here now, so. 
Oh, amazing stuff. Well, Alex, what do you think? What What are your thoughts on this one? I'll just uh, speak to one key point from my personal perspective, which is around um, parenting and co-parenting and affordable childcare. If I was to think of something significant and structural back to, you know, some of the causes we spoke to earlier in the call about why this systemic inequality exists. To me, um, affordable childcare, uh, parental leave, including and making it very much um, normal and acceptable for men to be primary carers or to take an equal portion in that role very early on so it becomes accepted and normalised um, and making that um, you know, accessible for anybody should they choose to be a parent, which of course not everyone does, but I, I and that's perfectly um, fine and valid course too. I just see if I look statistically at things that impact the participation of women in the workforce, I think addressing parental leave and affordable childcare would be things that make a really big difference. Yeah, absolutely, completely agree with that one. Elizabeth, what do you think? Um, I would add to for a specific point that needs to change, and this is not necessarily just for um, encouraging women to join. It, it would absolutely help given that the background is very much like if you have a look at the industries that are involved, especially in fintech, finance, technology, leadership, they very much are a boys club um, mentality. I know that that is very changing already, so, so like it, it's not... It's not that I'm being old and archaic here. So so it is changing. I think it does need to change more. And something that that can help support that from a regulatory point of view, especially if you're in a regulated in industry, we we here at Sawa are regulated by two different regulators, one in Dubai, one in Abu Dhabi. I think you need to be looking at how the regulations can actually help support businesses um, and not go down that enforcement route, but go down that collaborative route so that women aren't intimidated in coming into some of these roles that are traditionally known as, you know, aggressive um, and, and quite ruthless, to be honest. Like, I mean, if you look at that finance industry, it is fighting back. The traditional finance industry is fighting back against the fintech and, and it's ruthless. And as a woman, especially if you've got other responsibilities to Alex's point on family and, and you're in that traditional role, like, you don't have time to, to also add that into your life. Um, so I think that... So a change from a regulatory point of view would also, you know, that trickles down to so many other parts of, of life that would encourage females to, to participate more, I feel. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Areme, how about you? What do you think? Okay, um, one way I think we can help encourage um, the number of and just stimulates more women to join. Um, one thing I'll say is um, large companies, and they don't necessarily need to be tech companies, but just from a responsibility perspective, you know, I, was, I mean, deliberately sponsor, deliberately provide um, financing that, for initiatives that would encourage this. So you can do it as a form of CSR, as a form of give back, so, for example, at Interswitch, we have um, a particular anchor for our CSR, which is called 
InfraSwitch Spark, S-P-A-K. And you can check it out on Google, um, on YouTube. It's really interesting. So it's really a science competition. But what it has done, I mean, so it's trying to really um, stimulate and bridge that gap of STEM, the, the, the poor quality and interest of STEM education in local African schools. And last year, for the first time, from over, we had over 13,000 secondary school students. So we're talking of grade 10, class, grade 11, if you compare to that, to the UK system that applied. And the best overall, who has the bragging rights to say, I'm the best science student in Nigeria, or I'm the best science student in Kenya, because we've run it in Nigeria for five years, in Kenya for four, and we're taking it across East and West Africa next year. We had a lady come up tops from 13,000. She was number one. It was amazing. It was amazing. And uh, um, that was so encouraging because always, by the time we get to the last round or the round before the last, all the ladies have fallen out. It's just guys. But this time, we didn't just have a lady coming number one. We had the lady coming up also at number three. So, I mean, that just speaks to, you know what I mean, and that was a lot of encouragement. And so you see girls saying, next year, I'm going to try. I never wanted to go into science, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to try, right? So I think that's a very, very important important angle, you know, because then you are, you're giving back, but you are also doing something that you are feeding that pipeline, which I spoke to initially, and I think that's important. Another thing I'll say is training and grooming leaders, leaders to appreciate. So we, we talk of diversity, like Elizabeth said, it's not just about representation, real diversity that has value. Being able to train leaders to appreciate the value of diversity and therefore drive through with it not just from a lip service perspective, up to board level, make companies responsible to say, hey, you must give real value, give real focus to this, and that can come through training. Those are two major, major ways I think we can encourage and boost the number of women in this field. Fantastic stuff. I loved all of those answers. That was brilliant. We are very sadly running out of time on this webinar, which is such a shame because I'm learning so much and I hope you uh, are all really enjoying it as well. But very finally, I'd love to ask you all, um, considering obviously what we've already talked about and the things that we've said that need to happen, I'd love to know what your advice would be to any woman either in the fintech industry or someone looking to get into the fintech industry. What would your advice would be for how to sort of navigate that and navigate their careers um and just really be the best person that they can be within the industry so elizabeth i'd love to know what's your advice i i'll start off with just with something real quick i i had mentioned earlier be bold but i also think like if within the fintech industry it's an innovative industry so don't be scared to bring new ideas and don't be scared to stand up and say yep let's try this um i adaptability is the name of the game at the moment so so be willing to just put yourself out there and, and do it that's that's what I would say to anybody. And that's what I do say to anybody. Go and, and try it and, and be there. Yeah. Love that. Fantastic. Areme, what do you think? What's your advice? Okay, I'll say uh, first, it's not about the buzz. Um, a lot of people, oh, fintech, fintech is growing. You know, fintech is the new hot industry. It's not about the buzz, it's about real value. So come in with value, 
I'll say find an area I mentioned before you don't need to have a very a strong you don't even need to have a stem background so now in fintech we're talking about training product development um, specific financing for fintech so you can see people that are trained in finance but have a speciality just on I mean you know rolling out those skills in the fintech space law so you don't need to have a stem background necessarily but come with real value that's the first thing I'll say the second thing I'll say is something I always tell people and I believe it strongly that yes there is that you know issue of discrimination but I always say bias bows in the face of value it may not bow immediately but it bows eventually so don't let that you know scare you off when you have real value it'll show that's what i'll say amazing i love that as well amy what about you your advice um i would say be confident um and i think you can it's easy to say be confident um especially when you know that you've got experience and you're comfortable where you are but I feel like um, if you need to draw down on the fake it till you make it saying or you look at, um, you know, a, a female musical superstar that you love or whatever it is that makes you feel your best and carry that through with you and have that mindset um, and also know what you're really good at. Um, I've come across a lot of people that um, they know what they're really bad at and they'll openly share what they're not so great at, but they won't really know exactly what they're good at. And I feel like just know what your strengths are because that's so important. If you know what your strengths are, you can fly with those strengths because anything you're not so good at, hopefully if you're lucky enough, I'm really lucky at Citizen to have a team where it, the things that I'm not good at, I've got really good people that I can say, do you know what? I'm not great at this particular thing because I'm so confident in the things that I'm strong at, I can give that to them and say, you're going to smash this. I'm going to be awful at it. It's probably better that that sits with you or that you can do that or we collaborate together. And there's no shame in taking something that you're not so good at and saying, okay, that's fine. I can try and work on that on the side. Let me see what else I can do. But actually, what are my strengths? Because that's where I think we talk about value and being bold and your strengths are what will, you know, see you excel, essentially. It's, it's those little things that people will pick up on and go, oh, she, she knows that she's really good at that. Oh, that's, that's really interesting. Like, I want to know more. Um, you know, what else is she really good at? And I think in fintech particularly, um, you know, having lots of ideas about things, I think, is, is really important. Coming with lots of different uh, opinions and, and, and kind of conversations around, um, you know, what, what can and can't happen in a business. And yeah, so that would be my underlying thing is be confident, know your strengths. Fantastic stuff. And then last but not least, Alex, what, what's your advice here? Um, related to the strengths, like just know what's important to you, because like Ariami said, there is a buzz, but the buzz won't be enough to keep you going, you know, sustain you. So be yourself. You're, you're bringing that diversity. You're, being different is good. Be yourself. And that way you can, you know, keep your energy and sustain it if you're able to just turn up as who you really are. So I would say value that and, and be yourself. Fantastic. All great pieces of advice that hopefully uh, will be very useful to any women who are watching. Unfortunately, that does bring us to the end of this webinar, which is absolutely devastating because I am really enjoying the conversation that we've had so far. Uh, but just a very quick thank you to our online audience. Thank you so much for watching. I hope you have 
uh, found this to be useful and insightful. If you want to hear more about the Power 50, uh, head on over to thepower50.com or you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, but of course, Alex, Elizabeth, Amy, Oreme, thank you so much for joining me today. It has been an absolute privilege to get to speak to you on this topic. I have learned so much. And I feel like definitely I've got some things to think about um, for the rest of the day and to how best to navigate the journey of women in fintech but thank you so much for joining me and i hope you've all had a, a fantastic time yourselves thank, thank you it's been thank really you. enjoyable thank you for listening to the fintech power 50 podcast we hope you enjoyed your time here don't forget to check us out at thefintechpower50.com and if you are interested in becoming a part of the power 50 get in touch today to see how you and your brand will benefit